um, with us today on the podcast show or not with us today because he just <laughs> dropped his earphones, the almighty, powerful mind coach of celebrities and normal people, my favourite person in the world, Russell Treasure. Hello, Russell. Welcome, Hi. Russell. Welcome. Hi, guys. Obviously, mate, we've known each other for ages and obviously what we need to do is tell everybody about you. Um, and we're going to start off with some dark shit to start off with, right? Okay. So give me your background, how you've started out. Tell everybody about where you were and how you have come to be. Okay, I won't go back too far, about maybe 10 years. Um, I was w- what most people would call fairly successful with all the toys, the cars, holidays, flying, motorsport. All, all, all the gadgets, all the gear, and uh, all everything, the toys. Yeah. yeah, like living the dream. Living the and, dream. And uh, when the financial crash came along, yeah, um, I realised I didn't kind of have a plan B. So everything went basically over, over a period of about two years. I lost everything, all the cars, the house. Give me some examples of the cars you've got, so people can know exactly how big time you was. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed, you made it. Tell no, us what you had. It's only because you've said know, it so many yeah. times to people. But yeah. well, I, d- I, I did have this. I, 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 have I used to have the choice of a, either an orange or a silver Lamborghini. Yeah. Uh, you know, should I drive a soft top or a hard top today? Nice choice. Oh, man. <laughs> Which choices in the world to be faced with? Yeah. Uh, a couple of Bentleys, Aston Martin, Lotuses. Oh, just one of them, in it? It's got a couple of Bentleys parked on the yeah. drive. Yeah. Shattered the Jag out today. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like it's going to rain. I'll have the hard top. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we used them for the business as well and um i had loads of lotuses i'm a massive lotus nut yeah you know? okay and, um at racing i had a couple of lotus race cars i was flying from barton aerodrome and going to maldives on holiday and all yeah. this sort of stuff you know stuff yeah. you had stuff <laughs> i had tons of stuff yeah and but you know in the background i was always concerned about what if i lose it you know how how do i keep hold of this stuff and i was quite arrogant back back then as well you know i used to wonder if people were watching me as i drove the lamborghini and all that sort of stuff they were which yeah maybe back then it was a big ego boost yeah yeah but now looking back you know it's kind of not something i'm kind of proud of but then in sort of 2008 stuff started going wrong and i was talking what kind of stuff's going wrong well the business just basically stopped um, taking as much money in as we, we had. People yeah. stopped using our services and uh, I think people were kind of keeping their hands, the money in the pocket. Yeah. And we we suffered over a period of about two years. I tried to keep it going and uh, ultimately knowing really in the back of my mind that it was all going to go. And I knew that in 2008. Are you talking like borrowing money? Yeah, I mean, we borrowed... Family borrowed money off friends and family and the bank and the credit cards all my credit cards were maxed out um i owed millions literally millions yeah wow yeah and there's always going to come a time when that comes to the end you know you, you can't keep doing that forever but i used to think one day it'll become okay you know one day it'll work out i'll keep going keep going i was drinking two bottles of red wine every night Starting on the third, what times? Um, you know, I was going to the doctor, and prescription meds, and uh, and in the end, I realised that I had to kind of just say that's it. 
I can't do any more. And it culminated when I decided to take a walk down to the railway line mm -hmm. and uh, just to see. You know, I didn't make any serious attempts at taking my own life. I just wanted to go and see how I felt when I was down there. Yeah, yeah I, see I, what state of mind you were in yeah, if you so put yourself in that position. Yeah, right. yeah. so I watched a few trains go by, realised that it wasn't something that I wanted to do right yeah. now, and went home. And uh, and shortly after that, I had a, a, what people would have called back then a, a nervous breakdown. And I knew that was it. it you know, the end had come. Yeah. I had to, yeah. to stop. Something had to change. Yeah, because yeah. everything was going. I'd already had noticed that the cars were going to be repossessed in the house and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, um, that was the point, though, that when I look back, it's where my life started to change for, for the better because I'd had all that pressure for two years um, and that was pressure was shared amongst friends and family. And in the end, when it finally all went... It's, it's a massive sense of relief. Yeah, you know, a big you, weight off your shoulders type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, okay, you stood there just in the clothes that you've got on and no money in your pockets. Is that all you got left? Yeah, yeah. What was, you had to get rid of the house. The Cars. house was taken off. off well, where did you go then after you lost everything? Um, well, fortunately for me, uh, a friend of mine put me up. I was probably looking at going back and living with my dad. Right, right, okay. Uh, Starting from the beginning. Time, yeah, so yeah. But were you married at the time? No, no. I, I was in a, a girlfriend. I was in a right. partnership, yeah. Right. So um, a friend of mine took me in, and, and from that point on, even though I knew I still had a load of stuff to deal with, you know, bankruptcy, mm. um, debt collectors, and all that thing, sort of thing, at least then I was no longer fighting to keep hold of it. I was released from that, that battle. And um, it took, you know, maybe three years uh, before, because I went bankrupt in January, mm. um, and uh, it took maybe three years before I felt that, you know, I, I, I could be okay again. Really? Yeah. Three years? Yeah. What were you, what were you doing in the three years? Well, I, I'd done a lot of motorsport, and a friend of mine had suggested just to earn some money to put food on the table that I could become an instructor because I held my right. race license for oh, so right. long. Okay. So I, I got an instructor's license, and I started working at tracks like Alton Park and Donington Park and many, many other tracks around the country. So people pay for a day out, and then you basically drive around a in a Lambo or a Yeah, I'd be sat next to them. Yeah. Ah, um, oh, right, okay. And, and teaching them how to drive right, cool. the track. And it does sound really, that sounds really glamorous doesn't it you know yeah. i'm sat in a ferrari one day a lamborghini the next or a race car or whatever yeah, i know some friends who are car yeah. who'd love yeah. going to that sort of stuff absolutely you get it for birthday presents yeah. and christmas presents like yeah. a day out in a lambo doing the same yeah, thing yeah. over and That's over again footwork exactly yeah. around the same track yeah. over exactly. and over again same exactly. type of people coming in a car it's like in a fishbowl yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. And, and you know one of the kind of standing jokes amongst the guys was that so many people said to us literally you've got the best job in the world you know, but it's like any job. After a while, okay, it's exciting yeah. for the first few months. But yeah. after a while, it's a job. Yeah. And uh, it sounds glamorous. But in the end, I knew that wasn't for me long term. Yeah. You know, I, I knew that there was something else. Right, so g give us give us the next stage of your, like, I'm going to say journey. Yeah, well, so you'd gone through your three years. You'd start yeah. to, to just but feel uh, just feel better. Where did we, where did we go mm. from there? Well, I always smile about this, but I bumped into a lady... Uh, called Jenny when I was at the beginning of that three years and it was about the time that I'd gone down to the, the railway 
and she said to me, she looked at me in the eye and she said, you need to come and see me. Uh, she was um, like a, a coach. Was this before the instructor? The yeah. 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 Right. So she ran a, um, a mindfulness class every Friday night in Stockton Heath near Warrington. And she said, you must come, come and see me, come and, you know, do this stuff. How did you meet her? I was at a bus business to business meeting. Right, okay. And she, I, I hadn't met her before. She looked me in the eye yeah. and she could tell that I was in pain. I was really in pain. Yeah mentally as well as physically my body you know she said i looked gray really you know, sometimes no, you, see you, people you can see the signs on yeah. your, your your physical appearance that, that's right what yeah. like your shoulders were hunched over yeah jaw clamped so that your face looks old because you're holding all this tension in your face mm. oh, and okay. um so i started going down on a, every friday night we had this fantastic sort of hour and a half just doing mindfulness and meditation and chatting and you know as i said she was a kind of a coach come counselor um, and there were quite a few of us used to go every week, 10, 15 people. And uh, I realized at that time that I could be okay. I, you know, life could be okay again and that I could release myself from you know, all the guilt and yeah, all the guilt, stress guilt and everything. Yeah. yeah, you blame yourself. Well, at first, I've got to be honest, I blamed everybody else. Did you? It wasn't my fault at first. It sounded denial. Yeah, but after a few weeks, a few months, I realized it was actually my responsibility. And... Um, it's only when really I got that that I realised that I had to kind of move on and f yeah. forgive everybody, including myself. And the mindfulness started kicking in, and I realised then that I could have this time, this peace of mind, you know, even if it was just for five minutes, I could just stop my mind from worrying about the past and the future and concentrate on the present moment. And uh, it was then that life really did start kind of improving. I did about two, three years of the instruction, but in the meantime, I'd started discussing this stuff with friends, you know, the mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. Um, Obviously, back then, like, when you were doing this, like, mindfulness is really unheard of. It's, it's you know, it's still classed as a bit of, we always say woo-woo, don't we? It's a bit yeah, woo-woo. Yeah, yeah. there's um, a certain connotation. Back then, when you were doing it, it's a big it. stigma behind it. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, it's getting yeah. a bit more I'm accepted, isn't it? Which is yeah. yeah, you're seeing it a lot more these days, mm. aren't you? Uh, accepted um, online and, and in the press and... Yeah, you see, uh, you know, celebrities and athletes, things like that, starting yeah. to come forward a little yeah, bit more. Called, but it's still really a big thing that still needs to get out there. Yeah. Still, people suffering in silence. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit like if you if you look at yoga, ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah, that was woo woo. That yeah, was yeah, true. Not, that, isn't it? Yeah, never but thought no, that. No, that is literally everywhere. Yeah, like every man is, every man A couple of celebrities yeah. do it, and the next yeah, thing that's it. Just takes off. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody you speak to either does yoga or knows somebody who does yeah, yoga. Yeah. And, and, and nobody thinks yeah. twice now when you mention it. And yeah. I think mindfulness is really getting to that stage Good. now because, yeah. you know, you get a call out of the blue from the police or a council yeah. or whatever, and you realise that nobody's scared to say the word yeah. mindfulness. It's so let's let's go back to, like, obviously you've done the, the, the car thing, then you're in these mindful class and you were doing... How long were you there before you thought, right, okay, it's, you know, I'm, I can be all right here. Feel. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, after I've been doing the instructing for about three years, I'd, I'd been obviously getting myself better at the mindfulness stuff. And I realised how much I loved it and how much I, I, it could help other people who'd been in my position. So, as I say, I, I was 
sort of practicing on friends and we used to have a little bit of a gathering at home yeah uh with my wife carol yeah you know she used to, to where, did you, where did you meet carol i actually met carol at the mindfulness session oh, did you yeah, oh fantastic it's like yeah. a shared interest that's good yeah yeah so we knew each other like for a fate m- thing, maybe about yeah. 18 months oh, uh, i'm going every friday night and, and obviously then we yeah. we got together so um right. i realized it could help loads of people and yeah. i thought well i've got I've got a kind of. I'm not enjoying the instructing. Yeah, it's just a way, a means to an end. Yeah, put yeah. money on the table, and um, started getting more into the mindfulness, more into you know that sort of mindset where yeah. I thought I could actually teach this yeah. and help other people yeah. because I believe that people who've been through a big event in their lives mm-hmm. and come out the other end, they become the kind of people who can help others who are in that position. They become yeah. the teachers that. Yeah, um, and that's how where I found myself. So. So um, th- just tell me when you first started out, obviously doing your mindfulness with people, were you doing it for free to start off with? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, you can't charge you know, until you've got the piece of paper on the wall and the insurance. So you just start doing it for people and get a bit of feedback. And in yeah. general, you know, we, people coming back saying, wow, that, yeah. that's amazing what, what we've just done there. Um, and I, we, we got a kind of a big break um, where, where Carol's business kind of um, got a, a, a nice kind of in, uplift in, yeah. in income. Yeah. All right. And okay. we had that chat, you know, we, I said, I'd love to do this full time. So mm. um, we, we were at that time financially, we, we'd been, you know, struggling. She just started out with her business and yeah. we got to a point where we said, okay, I can now retrain and, and start off doing this stuff on my own. So how do you train then? How, how do you become a mind? Yeah, coach? how does how does how do you get that uh, piece of paper on the wall? How do you, how, how does that happen? Um, well, I would say that my biggest training was doing it. It was yeah. actually learning it through experience. So there's there's a little bit of a, a saying. It's an expert by experience, right? An, an EB. Yeah, um, never heard that before. No, but but you still can't kind of go out there and say to a council, oh, I've got this qualification or that qualification. So I then went off and did a course with the Open College and I got the certificate on the wall and got the insurance and all that sort of thing. And um, and and then I could actually start to, to go out there and, and be a proper business. Yeah, practice what you preach type thing. So get people involved. I'm not, how do I know the story about how we met? Yeah, it was business growth up, weren't it? Yeah, it was um, Nicola, weren't it? Nicola, yeah. Nicola Warwick. She said, uh, "You've got to meet Tim Marner. Yeah, um, you two will get on like a house on fire." And how long ago with that? That's well over two years. It's maybe Is nearly it? three years. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Fucking hell, it's gone quick. That. So if it's been two to three years since you guys met, um, what's the situation in terms of how long have you been doing this mindfulness then? So when did you get? When did you get your your? Um, when did you? You graduate well, from college, I, for example. I, I kind of started as as a business in about 2014. Right. 2013, 14. Um, and uh, it started small like you do. Everybody at first, you know, you, you're only seeing uh, the odd person or whatever. Yeah. And then I got a, a really lucky break. A guy that I'd known for quite some time who worked at Wigan Warriors Rugby League Club got in touch with me and said, will you come and see the owner and the, the head coach so I went along and did a session for them and uh, they loved it but then that didn't work out and and then I got a call from Warrington Wolves Rugby League Club saying that I've been recommended by Wigan and uh, 
it was great because a guy called Mick Farrell, who's a, a top man at Wigan, and uh, and they invited me in. I met all the players and did started doing sessions for them. That was about maybe four seasons ago. So every week I would do a session of mindfulness with the with the, the team, you know, the full squad. And from that, it kind of, you know, it just cascaded that uh, cascaded from there because they introduced me to their foundation. Didn't they win the league that year as well? They, they yeah, they were involved in actually three potential, uh, and they won the league. Um, but they got into two other finals. Unfortunately, they didn't some win. Treasure, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I well, mean, I don't, don't want to point any fingers. I mean, like, he's one of them, really, isn't it? Yeah. What, what wasn't working before working now? Well, I mean? I, well, what I did was I. I taught them how they could use mindfulness to to sleep more. And, and one of the biggest issues with professional sports people is they they struggle to sleep either just before a match or event yeah. and just after, because the minds are thinking Nerds forward and, or yeah. backwards and worrying worrying about what have I done wrong or you know how's it going to go. Yeah. So as I say, from there, I got introduced to a fantastic guy called James House at Warrington Wolves Foundation, which is yeah, a charitable arm, yeah. um, top man. Yeah. And um, he invited me in to do some work with the staff. So I did that. And then he talked to Warrington Borough Council and, and so on and so forth. Um, and over the last probably three years or so, maybe you know a little bit less, it seems to be like the word of mouth and of course, you guys did a fantastic branding job on me yeah. and got the website up and running and stuff. Yeah. And that gives you credibility. Um, and from there, really, my name's been passed around. Uh, I think I work with five or six councils now. Mm. Um, started with Witness Vikings Rugby Club this season. And, and I've literally just come from Warrington Police. So, Which uh, is a big thing, isn't it? It's a big thing. And, you know, like a lot of employers are starting to um, recognise the value of um, well-being yeah. uh, for the staff. Which is good that there's not there's not much of that these days. A lot of, lot of I think I think a lot places. of people play with the idea that they're going to look after the staff, yeah. but they never kind of see it yeah. through. They never, they never put the sessions on. They never yeah, have the conversations like, yeah. how are you today? Not Don't yeah. tell me how your work's going. Like, how are you? Yeah. Like, are yeah. you okay? Yeah. No, you don't get that anymore. Um, yeah. Which is which is not not the greatest anymore to be honest. No, and, and there is a potential t- for it to be a box ticking exercise. You know, we are providing this for yeah, our staff, agreed. yeah, but agreed. but they're not looking at the yeah. the actual the results, of, yeah, the results of what happens when they've ticked the box, when they've done the session. Because I guarantee mm. you'd see differences, wouldn't you? Absolutely, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, you know, it's just fantastic to see how not not in terms of figures and uh, you know reports and results, yeah. but. I see that every time I see somebody in front of my eyes. Yeah. I see the, the improvements, you know. It's just fantastic to see. Just just as a gauge, Ross, right, what is the worst condition you've ever seen and how the biggest change you've ever seen, if that makes any sense? Yeah, um, I've seen quite a few. I, I've seen people, um, particularly on the... I'm involved in a program called Offload, yeah. which has been created by the Rugby League Cares char- charitable yeah, charitable arm of yeah. the Rugby League. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we get guys come in there and they literally come because it's the last resort. They've been through everything else. Mm-hmm. you know, They've been through all the NHS stuff and, and they're literally at the end of the tether. And those are the people you see the biggest changes in because they come in, they do a session of Offload, which is a fantastic 10-week program. Um and they come out the other end, al- almost like a different person. You know, it's yeah. it's it's quite 
strange how yeah just being able to sit there and talk and offload yeah uh in front of a a bunch of guys and with a head coach it might be myself or it could be an ex-rugby player or ex-referee and uh the changes there have been absolutely phenomenal but i've seen people in the course of half an hour if you teach them that it's the mind doing it to them so if somebody feels really down about an event in their life you can teach them how they can become the master rather than let the mind drive their sort of emotional outcome you can teach them how to turn that around and to observe events so yeah. observe the mind's thinking yeah. and 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 really take a different view on on what's happened or what might happen yeah it's just I know that's amazing. one thing that I've always said that you like the thing that you've taught me about you know when we're talking about the chimp paradox has been a big thing about you know everybody's got this chimp inside and, and I, I said it to a guy on my, my, my last podcast who, who went through anorexia nervosa which is you know it's a horrible like mental disease um, and it, it kind of rung home a few things it was saying about this thing inside of him being a bully saying these things and it's just, I think what's always come to me is like, you can never get rid of him, but you can manage him. You know, when he says a certain thing, you can kind of go to yourself, you know what, no, no, I'm not going to think like that. This is how I want to do it. Yeah, and I quite, I use the chimp paradox model yeah. quite a lot with people because, you know, your chimp, you've got a net, mine's called Charlie. Yeah. And we've all got one. Yeah. You know, we can't get rid of it. It's, yeah. what, it's what's enabled the human race to what be. Was it, what was the reason for naming him? Um, he just... Rolled off the tongue. Yeah, you know, it's not it's named it's after anybody. Nice, actually, yeah. Yeah. Done it. Is it actually it's, it's, there, a, it's quite, it's quite a, yeah, it's quite a deep thing. This, this chimp paradox. Yeah, and the fact that you've named it Charlie just takes the, uh, the sinister side yeah. of it away. It's a bit like good. Voldemort in it from yeah, Harry Potter. Like, yeah. you, nobody wants to say his name, but if you say it, it's actually don't come as yeah, you know what? It? It's, it's so just, a, it's a thing. That. It's an entity. Yeah. It's a being. You can deal with a being. You can't deal with the ghost. Something you can't touch. But if you give something a name, it becomes more like a tangible object, like a tangible thing that you can deal with. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you're saying it just rolls off a tone, but to be honest, yeah. it's quite good. It's quite yeah. good. I haven't yeah. called mine Voldemort, man. <laughs> 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 and, and Charlie wants to, you know, it's the most strong part of your brain. It, it, it used to keep us alive if we're being hunted by a wild animal. Yeah. But the equivalent of that today is that something might go wrong in your life and the chimp pops up and says, I need to protect you because the chimp's all about helping you to survive. And yeah. procreate. Yeah. So, it, it's the simplest things now. You might be late, in, stuck in traffic, late for work, might lose my job, won't be able to buy food, pay my rent. Yeah. I'm going to die. Whereas it used to be, there's a wild animal going to eat me. I'm going to die. So the chimp pops up and says, "Run or fight, fight yeah. or flight." Yeah. And it tenses all your body up. Yeah. And it gets you ready for action. He's not reasonable, this fellow. No. And and you, as I say, you can't get rid of him. You've just got to say, "Listen, everything's okay." It's yeah. going to be okay. And mindfulness really helps you to put a space between what happens to you yeah. and how you react to what happens to you. So the emotional outcome mm. can be different if you can just say, hang on, you know, Charlie, it's okay. Yeah. And Charlie pops back in then. Yeah. And, and you, you can then, the human part of your brain can say, right, what, what's the real, you know, being stuck in a traffic jam, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I'm not going to die. Yeah, it, everything's okay. Pull to the side of the road, ring your boss. I'm going to be late. It's going to be exactly, all right. Yeah. yeah, love that, mate. Yeah, it's um, from a personal perspective, it's 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 different than anything that I've seen before, anything mindfulness or heard before, or anything like that. 
from personally from a background that doesn't really deal with your issues. Something happens, you just pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you move on. Yeah. So just since meeting since meeting you, Russell, and having a few conversations with you and seeing everything that you're doing, especially with people like the police, um, and you know hard tough men that play rugby for a living. Yeah. It's it's just um it's outstanding to be honest. Yeah, it is it's right, absolutely definitely. it's absolutely mental. Yeah. Um, I just think it's brilliant. Yeah. I can I can get on board with it enough, but I even now whilst doing this podcast. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, right, is everything working? Yeah. Is there some noise in the background that I'm not going to hear? Yeah. Anything like that? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to keep cool. I'm trying to be like, no, it's fine. Yeah. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. I'm not going to get sacked. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to. I'm not going to drop dead on the spot. So I'm just thinking, you know what? It's fine. Yeah. So I'm just trying to relax a little bit. So I, I understand completely what you're saying, um, and I just think a lot more people need to um, just check it out. Just yeah. a lot more people need to look into it more. Stop just, you know, posting the, the the positive quotes on Instagram and Twitter and things like that. It, it's, yeah. Everyone loves a positive quote, but take it further. Have a session, like, read up on it. Check out the Chimp Paradox. Yeah. It's done me a favour, saying that for a fact. Yeah, massive. Absolutely yeah. done me a favour. So, yeah. absolutely. I, just I think I was saying that Ben, who came on our podcast last time, he, came, he, he said a nice phrase and he said, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's really important for yeah. people to understand that, you know what? Yeah, I'm thinking a certain way, you know what, it's all right to feel yeah. a bit shit <laughs> shit. Yeah, just just because you're yeah. having a conversation with someone who's like what are you feeling like that for. Yeah. Just because they wouldn't may not feel like that in this situation doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing for some people to realise is that I think I think one of the big things for me in this day and age, which annoys me a little bit when when another bloke goes to another bloke, oh you need to man up, mate. Yeah. You need to get on with it. You need to man up and yeah. get on with it. And it's, it, you, I don't think you can do that it, now. It's not, I it's think not, it's, it's, you yeah. can't do that anymore. I understand some people. It's too have, masculine, yeah, beat just, your chest, have yeah. a beer, you know, well, you know let's watch football. Yeah, let's watch sport and hammer some drywall. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? It's, come on. It's, it's, you're a person yeah. with and I think chemical emotions running about in your because brain. Because people have been happen. like that, parents and stuff. I think, you know, obviously the people coming to your offload session have never really talked about it at all. All they've heard before is, man up, you'll be all right, mate. Get, get on with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And for and you to just listen to you. Particularly in that sort of arena, say rugby, you mentioned, or the police yeah. or the forces, or where men are supposed to be men. You know, that's the real old-fashioned view. Yeah, they're not, not, suppo- not supposed to show weakness. No, they're supposed not men, to just be fine. The, the human beings. Yeah. And, yeah. and we do see, like, there's a massive incidence of, of suicides in males, um, but not so much females. And most people think it's because of females talk and they get it off the chest. Yeah. Um, and what Offload's done yeah. is uh, given the, the men a, an arena, a, a place to sit down and, and talk about what's going on in their lives and we see guys breaking down yeah. and and then a complete change, you know, that yeah. it's just, it's, gr- it's so great that guys can just sit there and, and offload yeah. uh, and it, it, it does make huge changes, it's amazing. I wish more people did it. Just yeah. like, I love people who can talk about like problems they've got and stuff. I, I just find it like endearing. I love people. Shit, I know it sounds really weird, but I love people with adversity. You can sit down and go, look, I've had this crap happen to me in my life. And, yeah, and real. Like, you know, yeah. They've been through some shit and yeah, yeah. come through the other side yeah, of it. It's yeah. just, it's, everyone loves a success story, don't they? Yeah. But it's just there's something different about that's what you're saying about these you know the quotes you see on instagram yeah it's, it's like you know people will just put them up but they've not yeah. been through any shit yeah like I, quotes I, up and they just look you don't you've not you don't even understand that quote you're doing yeah it just like, sounds good you yeah. want to look good i'm just like 
you get them, you know, people, uh, you know, they just maybe having a bad day or something like that and, and they put a quote up and everything, which is brilliant. That's that's a good way to express yourself if that's how you feel comfortable doing it. But then you just get some people who just, you know, just don't just do it for the sake of doing it because they're just trying to get the likes. And it's just, so, that's where the problem stems for me is people are doing it just to get noticed now. But then everyone yeah. who's doing it who don't want to be noticed but genuinely need some help don't want to come forward. Yeah. Because they worried they're going to get noticed, and that that that's a big thing. Um, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't ask for help. I've been th- I've been through some stuff, some stuff, and I wouldn't ask for help. I got made to go, um, and it was the most awkward thing I've ever done, to be honest. Mm. Um, and then obviously a few months ago, me and you, Russell, we had a few chats and everything like that. And since then, it's genuinely helped, and it's made me express myself a little bit more in thinking. You know what? I'm not actually bothered what people think. You won't call me, a, you know. You won't call me a, a, a wuss or anything like that. Fine, mm. I know I'll be a stronger person for discussing my issues and discussing yeah. what I'm feeling than you will be. Cause eight it will mile eat, again, it, isn't it? It's yeah. Eight mile. Yeah, exactly. You watched Eight Mile, Eminem, yeah. right, mate? Eminem, the last battle, right? He just lays everything on the line. He just says, "Live in a trailer park. I am white trash. I am this. I am that." Puts it all on the line, and the guy battling with him had nothing to come back with him at. Just because he, 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 he just all oh, your yeah. shit on the line and just mm. like, "This is me." No one could beat you. Yeah, th- there is um, a kind of a new movement in in business where you manage from a vulnerable position. Yeah. So the boss doesn't have to be, I'm strong, I've got no problems, I can deal with anything. The boss says, listen, guys, I'm, I'm kind of going through some stuff myself at the moment yeah. and I need your help. Yeah. And it's been shown to actually have a better outcome because mm. people pull together. They don't think that the boss is kind of a, you know... He's untouchable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's great that that's coming more and more into the kind of mainstream because I think if if you say to somebody, I need help, they, they want to help and yeah. and you're not putting a, a face on, you know, there's no pretense, you're being kind of clear and transparent. So people, when they see people in that position... They want to help you, you know, and so you get a better yeah. outcome from yeah. from showing your vulnerability and and being honest, you know. Yeah, yeah, I like that, mate. Right, Russ. So we're talking about office environments, people hiring you to go into offices, doing mindfulness in councils. Let's talk about the council. Yeah, sure. I was really lucky to be referred into Warrington Council about two two years ago or so. Just put the mic a bit closer to your mouth. And um, we, uh, we've started doing a class there every week, so we've been doing a weekly class every Tuesday at lunchtime. Hmm. And uh, it's open to any of the employees of the council. How long for? Well, you know, lunchtime? It's, is it like it's just about three quarters of an hour. Right. Uh, so they come on the lunch break. And then what happens with councils is they kind of have a forum where they discuss uh, various topics and one of them's well-being. So my name got passed around and now I'm working with, I think it's five or six councils, including Bolton, uh, Wigan and uh, Trafford. Uh, we're bigger and better, mate. I was going to say, you keep saying this, that your your name keeps getting banded around, so Mm. obviously, you know. Something's something's going well. <laughs> You're doing I, something right. Well, you know yeah. I mean? You know what? I think 
let's go back to when we first met, when we actually, you told me your name, I was just like, motherfucker, I wish my name was Russell Treasure. I know, it's you know what I mean? It's Russell just, Treasure, it's a, it's a name, powerful man, name. Man, so it? when people do pass it around, you know, as a brand, we were like, should we call it, you know, Mind Coach or The Mind Coach or, you know what I mean? Just but Russell Treasure, just, just, it just sits, it it just it sits well done. So it. as this name gets passed about, people are going, really, is that his name? It's, you know, it, it's a good thing, that, isn't it? Because it does mm. suit you as a person as well. Well, hopefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does, it does, it does. But I have to actually say at the beginning, it is my real name. Because yeah. I, th- I don't think people believe me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. That, it's your stage name. Yeah. <laughs> like Can Candy. Like Sting. <laughs> like Can- Prince. Candy yeah. Lips. Yeah. <laughs> Chandelier. <laughs> yeah, so you're going into these councils and what, what's happening then? What, what's the certain shift of mindfulness? Why is people all of a sudden open to it? Well, all employee, uh, employers have got a duty of care to look look after their employees. So, obviously... Um, they, what they councils have? Yeah, councils. But it, it's, it's more and more becoming clear that all employers mm. need to make sure that the, their employees... You know, they've got a duty of care to make sure that they, they feel okay. And um, the well-being side of it is getting really big now. So, as I say, I was really lucky to get my name passed around. Um, and the odd private company and, and whatnot. And, but what happens is, as soon as people know that you're doing that sort of thing, then you, you suddenly find that schools, and um, through the offload program, I'm, I'm going into prisons, and, yeah. uh, United Utilities, and Environment Agency, yeah. and, and many schools. And I actually got a... a a really lucky break last year. I got asked to speak to the annual uh, conference of uh, deputy head teachers in Warrington. So I was talking then effectively to 50 schools. Yeah. Oh, I, wow. a, I, I always do a bit of a session, you know, just to show them um, what's possible. Yeah. Um, and then from that, you get work in schools. And I'm like, this week, I've probably seen in excess of 300 five year olds because they all came together in Warrington. Five-year-olds? Yeah. Amazing, um, that is. To, to do various good. exercises yeah. for their own well-being. So one one of the exercises is mindfulness. So I had 10 or 11 classes of 30 kids uh, teaching them, you know, how to relax. Because you'd be absolutely amazed. I don't remember being particularly stressed at five, six years old. I can't say I do too. I mean, but I was stressed if I had a crayon stuck up my nose or something like that. Yeah. But I yeah. don't, yeah. Yeah, if you're being bullied or something, obviously yeah. you're not going to be having a good time at school. Uh, I I wasn't, but today it does seem like a lot. When I ask them, who's worried about stuff at the moment? Who's not sleeping? It seems like there's a very high proportion of five, yeah. six, up to. I mean, I teach up to eleven and then seventeen, eighteen, but the the youngsters in particular are, are that's upsetting, s- isn't it? Struggling, it is because it makes. What are the kind more? of things that they're struggling with? What are, well, just give me a yeah. Do you get a lot of feedback? It, it do you, do changes. You get a lot of yeah, like a few months ago, I I did a there's a school in Lim, yeah, a primary school, right, and I asked them what it was that was bothering them, and they were talking about things like Donald Trump and nuclear war and all this sort of thing, alongside the usual things you would expect and like cyberbullying, not got the latest trainers yeah. or iPhone or whatever it might be. But this week, it was more uh, kind of general, you know, people 
stressing about that bullying is one thing. Yeah, um, yeah, I can imagine that's a big one that, yeah. that people have got to overcome. Mm. But yeah. the, the interest in the correlation between how many of them have got devices, so you know, iPads, phones, tablets, whatever, mm. um, and, and they're being exposed to news and, right, and, yeah. and various other forms of, of bad, what you call bad news. And I think that's what's happening today is that the the youngsters are getting exposed to too much yeah. of, of this stuff, and and I've, they've got to learn about real life, obviously. Yeah. But at that in age, the Trump thing, a weird thing to be thinking about when you're five, especially when you're five. But it, but I guess I guess it's right. I mean, if you think on a daily basis when we're in our phones as as adults, and obviously we are in in our business, we you know we're constantly checking up on this and that, got yeah. to keep on a post with everything. And Russell, you're the same. You mm. know, you've got to get content out there. You've got to. You're always speaking to someone. How many pop-ups must we get a day yeah. that we do ignore about um, or breaking news? Trump said this, or you know Kim Jong Un said that. Yeah. Like schoolyard stuff. Lots of stuff's trending. Isn't yeah, it? Trump and stuff. So if you think really of, proactive, yeah, if you think of how often we come across it, why we we really shouldn't be surprised that five-year-olds yeah. who have who are now more clued up than some people of of my generation and and your guys' generation. Yeah. Um, in terms of technology and everything, we really shouldn't. We need to stop acting surprised that this is happening, because they get in it just as much as we are. Yeah. And that is a massive problem because they're growing up from five now. Where were the minds of that mold, like you, that, ready to be molded, and and it's yeah. setting them off on the life ahead now. Yeah. I'm I'm not surprised. Like, I'm yeah. not. I'm, I'm shocked. Do, what, but do I'm do, what do you do for something like that? Yeah. How do you, how do you overcome that? Well, you know, At five. We, I asked them who would be prepared not to look at their devices before they go to bed, and there was almost a mini riot. (laughs) There's no way they're going to give that up. So what I think we're doing now is we're creating a generation of people who can't do without the devices. Now, how do you get around that? Well, obviously the parents got to put you know a part to play in this, but what I try to teach them, trying to get across, is that take a, br- a mental break from this stuff you know whenever you're feeling worried do this you know i've got some exercises i give them to to relieve the tension that they're feeling physically and mentally and they've got to kind of do this on a regular basis it's okay seeing me you know once and yeah. they learn something and they feel better at that time yeah but then they go away and they're probably not practicing it so i try to encourage the teachers then can you do five minutes a day you know, if I give yeah. you the, the tools, yeah. can you just do five minutes a day? Right, be, right before they go home, for example, maybe. just to, to set them off yeah. for going home and going yeah. back on the Xbox, going back on the tablet. Can you just give them five minutes yeah. at three o'clock before you yeah. start telling them to pack up, yeah. just wind down? Yeah. I used to do that at three o'clock. weren't even concentrating on what the teacher was saying. Just be thinking, yeah. 10 minutes, get me caught on, and there yeah. we go, get home, mm-hmm. play in a box. Yeah, and um, I'm teaching yeah. teachers, so... What we really need to do is I can't be everywhere. So we've got to teach the teachers and maybe the parents. So what I'm hoping is happening is that the kids are going home to say, no, we did mindfulness today. Yeah. And the parents are thinking, oh, what's that? You know, and maybe they're getting interested in it. And the, the, the parents who come to my classes, uh, come to offload. Certainly, you know, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but certainly in Warrington um, and maybe Manchester, there is certainly a big... Um, sort of uh, upswell of, yes. of people who have been exposed 
to the yeah. practice of mindfulness. There's a shift, I think, isn't there? Yeah, I definitely, definitely think, think yeah. something's, yeah, yeah, something's just, happening, yeah. definitely. But what I like about what you were saying, the, the comparisons of like yoga and then a couple of celebrities did yoga and then all of a sudden it was come all cool. Of a sudden, all of a sudden, I feel that Russell, you're going into councils and doing rugby players and then all of a sudden it's cool to be mindful. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think that's a good thing, mate. Yeah. I think it's a really good thing. Yeah, well, everything's start, got to start somewhere. Yeah. And this stuff's been around for hundreds of years, yeah. you know. It's been practised by sort of Tibetan monks. And, yeah. And, yeah. And that sort of thing. That's where it all came from in, yeah. in the first place. And But now, you know, I'm talking about it every single day that I, I'm out there. Mm. I was going to say work then, but I don't actually work. You know? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> I've, you not, just, yeah. I've not done a day's work for five years. <laughs> cause it's that, I, I, I just love what I do. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, yeah, it's getting out there and it starts small, Yeah, it starts spreading. And then like yoga, hopefully in years, months, I don't know. It's just going to, it's going to be normal. It's just going to catch fire and everyone's just going to be yeah. like yeah, mindfulness is going to be tr- you know, yeah. trending on Twitter, yeah. Facebook. Everyone's going to be actually doing it. But what's um, good is you become the face of it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like we got you at the right, the perfect point is the trend. Because like when we were first doing it, it was still a little bit woo-woo, wasn't it? And your market, your target market was, you know, spiritual events and stuff like that. All of a sudden, we've seen a, such a shift within, what, two, three years that now, you know, you go in councils, prisons, hmm. which is a big thing when you told me about that. Yeah. Um, obviously, are you allowed to talk about much? Yeah, I mean, with with, with the prisons and, and the police, I mean, particularly the police today, I said, you know, is it okay? to yeah. kind of put this out there on social media. Uh, and they said, yeah, no problem. You know, we want the world to see that we're looking after Amazing. our guys. And, yeah. and in the prisons, you know, we can't take phones in and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's very, very um, yeah. kind of controlled for obvious reasons. Yeah. And so, you know, rightly so. Um, but I can probably tell you that I go into a room of, of 10, 15, 20 guys who've, you know, maybe been in prison for years. Yeah, that they can't sleep. You know, the minds are continually going. And you, you can imagine if you were stuck in, 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 in you know, if yeah. you're incarcerated in one place for for years and yeah, years, yeah, four by four, part of one window. Your mind is gonna be, yeah. you know, pretty much rampant, really, in terms of thinking about what you've done. I wish you hadn't maybe done it differently, or thinking about the next few months or years that you've got to spend in this place. And when they when they get mindfulness, you know. It's great to see. They all sit there. They they all get engaged. And, it, you know, you could think, well, I'm going to walk into that room and they're just going to be laughing and saying, what the hell? Yeah. What's, he, what's he on about? You know, it's yeah. Getting, yeah, it's good. This is getting me out myself for half an hour, five yeah, minutes, yeah, isn't but, it? But, but they have been engaged. And, and I work in a few prisons around kind of Warrington and Manchester area now through the offload programme. And, um, and we're delivering... S- some really good stuff, some tools that they can use while they, you know, while they are stuck in the cells. And uh, it's crazy that 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 you know you 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 go in talking from five year olds to people who've been in prison mm-hmm. for twenty years. It's just there's just no end to the spectrum. Is that is literally two ends of the spectrum? Yeah, that's it's 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 nice that's how wide it is. Ends, yeah, yeah. That, that's it. It's because nice by helping the kids, they obviously they won't go into prison. But the people who haven't had that opportunity to taught mindfulness you're still kind of going look it's not too late you can yeah. still don't have to think like you don't have to be angry you don't have to think this certain way and it is just knowledge in it yeah when you get out you don't have to 
go back to your old ways in order to feel okay. You don't have to yeah. go back to knocking all the post offices or you know corner yeah. shops or something like that. It's all right not to feel okay. You yeah. don't have to do it that way. Yeah, you can just control that inner chimp, and you know move on, deal with it. Yeah, I mean I've seen people have a complete change on their outlook. Yeah, you know what what is possible in their lives. Um, if they practice, that's the, that's the key here. Yeah. If you practice it, and there are scientific studies out there, if you look on the internet, that say if you practice mindfulness on a regular basis, 5, 10, 15 minutes a day, what happens is the, um, the plasticity of your brain enables you to make changes in, in how you think and, and what you do. So it's been proven that if you do practice it, you can change and your life changes and I've seen people change in front of my eyes you know so it's it's absolutely amazing I've seen miracles right in front of my eyes yeah um, just give me a few examples of sort of what we're, what we're talking about one so give me some ones that was like stuck to your mind obviously there's people out there that need help and it's you know it's quite an easy change and stuff mm. but obviously the, there's some people in that you kind of see a dramatic change that you think right okay that's, yeah. This is why I do it. Yeah. That's why I'm here. That's why I give yeah. these lessons. That's why I'm giving people yeah. these these tips. I, I've seen people, obviously, I can't go into any detail, but oh, I've seen people who've been crying and crying and crying in front of me. And then after a half an hour and teach them a bit of mindfulness, get them to separate the mind off from the... the you're, what you're almost saying is, this is the mind. Try and put it to one side and observe it see what it's doing to you give them a bit of relaxation and, and one of the biggest changes is when you see somebody who's been so tense crying all the time oh, oh that's all they do they're just crying and saying there's no more hope and what you're doing is saying no it, it, it can be okay so i've seen people who've just lost the kids or they've just had a relationship breakdown um drinking um committing crimes uh you know completely desperate at the wit's end and after just half an hour I've seen them sort of have a different look on the face and I think one of the main things that, that happens is they release the tension from the body so we all hold tension in our body when we're in a perceived situation of, of say danger yeah. or fear mm. and when they release all that tension and the body remembers what it's like to be relaxed um, I, I, there's one particular guy when you ask me that who jumps to mind um, and He'd just been through some really serious relationship stuff involving kids and, and the police and potential prison. Um, and over the course of a few weeks, he's now changed. His situation's changed. So he's stopped drinking. He's no longer in danger of going to prison. He's seen his kids again. Seen that's in a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's, it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning, you know. It, it, I, I probably, I don't know. I've got how many testimonials I've got, but yeah. um, but it, you've got to remember, it's not just me. And mindfulness isn't the panacea. It doesn't cure everything. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. other support in there as well. So on the offload program, for example, they see nine other guys on a weekly basis. So one, uh, what, you know, different lesson every week. Yeah, yeah. And you learn about resilience. Um, and and you mentioned it before. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And things like that. So these these people are going through a, a series of, let's call it treatments or um, lessons. And after they've learned all that and put it into practice, 
um, massive changes are possible. Um, and I, I can say for sure, in front of my own eyes, I've seen hundreds of people come out as a different person after they've been through, say, an offload session or a class or a one-to-one -one with me. Uh, just amazing. So, obviously, what we need to do is, again, up your game a little bit. You need to be doing your own podcast. You need to be doing, you know, we need to update your website a bit more. We need to keep doing it. For the people that don't know about you, how can they find you? Um, what well, are you on Instagram? Yeah, Russell Treasure. On Instagram. On Instagram, Twitter, Russell Treasure. Yeah. Facebook, I've got a Facebook page, Russell Treasure. Yeah. And um, I also run a couple of groups. So we've got a mindfulness class in Warrington. So that's mindfulness with Russell Treasure. So yeah. website, again, .co.uk. Yeah. Uh, my name, as you say, it's quite unique. So yeah. if people just search Russell Treasure, I don't think anybody else comes up. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's loads of info on there about when the classes are and uh, how to contact me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So where would you say people to go then to actually message you? Could they come and Facebook message you direct? Yeah, probably Facebook's the best place. So yeah. Facebook's the easiest, but they can find you on every platform um, should you need to. Russell, just one thing. Um, if you could offer one piece of advice, just off the cuff right now, um, you know, it's not staged or anything like that. What would you What would you say? So, to anyone listening now, who's, who's you know, when we put this out, to anyone listening now, who's just having you know having a tough time, you know, he's thinking, I don't really know what I'm going to manage. I can't wait to get home and open that bottle of wine. Mm. What would you say? Just you know, in a couple of lines, just just what what would you say? Well, mindfulness is all about distracting the mind right from thinking about the past and the future. So the exercise is quite simple. It's just remembering to do it. You listen to your breathing. You, you feel your stomach rise and fall. You've got to give your mind two things to do to stop it from worrying about the past and the future. But you know, the one thing that has the biggest effect, I look people in the eye and I say, one day it's going to be okay. And the amount of people who just break, you know, break they down, burst into tears, that. they just need to hear it's going to be okay. And that one sentence very often changes things for people. Yeah. But the practice of mindfulness is obviously really important to keep that going. Good. Russell Treasure, as always, it's been a pleasure, Treasure. Yeah, Russell, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure having you on the show, um, bringing some well-needed mindfulness to the nation, yeah. to all our listeners. We'll put um, some links in the YouTube bio about where you can download um, so you can get through to the paradox. Yep. You can get through to Russell. We'll probably put his number as well in there, but numbers probably best. You're getting that busy yeah. now. Yeah, contact you on Facebook, Russell. Thank you yep. very much. Thank you very friend. much, Russell. We appreciate all your time. And you'll be coming on again in about a year. And we're going right. What have you done now? And then you're just like, well, uh, well, I've been, abro I've been abroad this I'm time. Yeah, now. I'm sitting on a throne in Dubai, <laughs> doing mindfulness to teaching princes to kings and, kings and, princes. and queens. Um, <laughs> but for now, thank you, my friend. Appreciate that, Russell. Adios. And Bye thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Team Mano podcast. Get down.